word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Only believe. Now, we love words, and we love to look up words and what words mean, and and anytime you see the word only, it means that and nothing else. So when he says only believe, he's saying to this man, believe and nothing else. And if you're familiar with the story, this is Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. His daughter is on her deathbed. Um, I think she's 12 years old. And he comes to Jesus and he says, if, if you come and pray for her, I know that she'll be, be made well. And Jesus was interrupted by a woman who had been sick for a long time on his way. And then a messenger came from the house and said, your daughter's dead. And this is when Jesus, in that moment, in that moment, this is when Jesus says, do not be afraid, only believe. Believe and nothing else. Now, if we turned over to Mark chapter 9 and verses 23 and 24, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Now here we have another parent who is coming to Jesus on behalf of their child. This particular situation is a father who has a son that's being tormented by a demonic spirit and this demonic spirit is trying to kill that boy. And we see that um, he tried to throw him in a fire and burn him, tried to throw him in the water and drown him. And this dad brings this boy to the disciples. The disciples try to cast out the unclean spirit. And um, the unclean spirit doesn't leave. And Jesus walks up in the middle of kind of what's becoming a heated situation and the man turns to Jesus and he says, if you can do anything, help my son. And Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now we've said some version of this so many times. I'm going to just briefly mention it here. Um, believing is important. You may not understand why Father God set it up the way he did. We've preached many, many sermons on that subject. If, if it's anything outside of believing, then it goes into the category of you earning it and God owing it to you and you being good enough to deserve it. And the Bible says that he made the whole situation be based, made it based upon faith so that it could be by grace so that it could be by grace, okay? See, I heard Keith Moore say this recently. He said that, that, that if, if you believe you're owed something, then, then people can't give you a gift. You think about that, right? And, and so, you know, be careful what you deserve, what you think you're entitled to, what God owes you. And whether this man had the right attitude or not, I'm, I'm, I'm not his judge, but he tried to put the responsibility on Jesus. If you can do, and Jesus says, it's not about what I can do, sir. It's about what you can believe. And he's saying the same thing to you and me tonight. You know, a lot of times we, we have this, 
general concept of faith where it's, you know, if, if Jesus, if you can, if you can, if you can. And I'm telling you, he's saying the same thing to us tonight. The, the question is not if he can. The question is on you and me. If we can believe a few things, some things, no, all things are possible to him who believes. And this man, I think, was inspired to say what he said. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. He recognized that there was a part of him that did believe, but there was a part of him that was struggling. And he had a, a really good dose of honesty with himself and with the Lord right there. And the Lord can help you if you'll be honest. Are you hearing me? The Lord can help you if you'll be honest, if you'll ask him to. All right, so Acts chapter 10, verse 20, I'm going to put that on the screen. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. We preach from this verse, I don't know, it's been three or four weeks ago now. This is when Peter had a vision on the rooftop. There were a lot of things that were being orchestrated, and Father was telling him to do some things that were completely foreign to him. And a part of that was to go to a man who was not a Jew, to go to a non-Jewish man's home and tell them about Jesus. And that may not sound like a big deal to you, but in Peter's day, this was unheard of. And when the Lord told him to do it, he said, I want you to go, I want you to do it, and I want you to doubt nothing. Meaning what? Don't question, don't second guess, don't, don't, don't talk yourself out of it. And, and in that sermon, we talked about how, you know, at least me personally, there's been things in my life the Lord's instructed me to do, and I've, I've drugged my feet, and I've questioned, and, I've, and next thing you know, you, you've talked yourself out of doing something you know you should have done. I've had the other case as well where he spoke to me. It didn't seem right. I, I went and did it, and you know, some of the greatest experiences and, and, and ministry opportunities that I've ever had have been in those moments when I just did it doubting nothing. Doubting nothing. All right? Now, James chapter 1, verses 6, 7, and 8. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, we can discuss all night, you know, the, the, what seems to be harsh here. But aren't you thankful that the, that the Bible just has given it to us straight? Letting us know, letting us understand that if, if, you, if you're doubting, if you're, if you're trying to receive something, believe God for something in your life, and if you have doubt in your heart, um, don't expect to receive anything because that's not how it works. Okay? So we said that if faith were a coin, it would have on one side the words only believe, and on the other side it would have the words doubting nothing. Only believe, doubting nothing. I'm not going to turn there right now, maybe we'll get to it in a moment, but in Mark 11, Jesus said, 
if you believe and do not doubt in your heart, you can say to the mountain, be removed, and it'll be cast into yonder sea. But again, notice, only believe, believe in nothing else, believe and no doubting. So here is a very simple question that I want us to begin with tonight. Is it possible for a human being to only believe doubting nothing? Is it possible for you, for me, for people sitting next to you, for people in your family, for people that go to church down the road? Is it, in other words, is, is it possible for a, for a child of God to be in a position in life where they only believe with no doubting, doubting nothing. I know that may sound like such a simple, basic thing to say, but I'm concerned that there are a lot of people in the body of Christ who have come to believe that it's impossible to not doubt. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, that, that this is so difficult, so unreasonable, so impossible. Who can do that? You know, it's like, who can only believe and not doubt? Who can have that kind of faith? Who can ever be in that position? And, and I think the enemy has so subtly, um, you know, worked against us for so long that, that a lot of people in the body of Christ have almost just given up on this idea of only believing, doubting nothing. But just like all the other things Jesus instructed us to do, or let me use a stronger word, just like all the other things that Jesus commanded us to do, He would have never commanded you to do it if you were not capable of doing it. He would have never told you to believe and nothing else. He would have never looked at Jairus and said, Jairus, look at me. You believe in nothing else right now. Only believe. He would have never done that to Jairus if it was impossible for Jairus to only believe and not doubt. He would have instead said something like, look, Jairus, I, I know that you're struggling with this right now. And I know there's part of you that says your daughter's gone. And I know there's probably part of you that's already starting to plan her funeral. I know there's part of you that was probably already thinking this was a long shot even coming to find me. And there's probably a part of you that realized that you probably wouldn't make it back in time. And all of those are very reasonable and rational thoughts, sir. And look, if I could have got there in time, I would have done my best to help her. But, you know, obviously you win some and you lose some, sir. And, and I'm sorry, but, but I'll have Judas, you know, send some flowers by. You know, you, you know, are you, are you, are you understand what I'm saying? In other words, he would have, he would have given um, J. Iris some of the same religious, amen, garbage that, that you know, cliches, so many things that, that people say today in, in, in similar situations to this. Jesus would have never told that man to only believe, doubting nothing, if it was impossible for him to only believe and doubt nothing. So what is, what is the first thing? There's, you know, as, as I've looked at all of this and ready for trial and what that means, and it's a big subject, and who knows, maybe a book one day, I don't know, I've got so many notes on it that I don't know if we'll ever get to them. 
But as I've looked at all of this and, and, and trying to, 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 to break this down, like, like um, a defense attorney that, that is, is representing a client and, and has studied extensively the, the, the prosecution's case against his client and is now crafting a defense to present in response to the accusations that are coming in court, right? And you begin to, and you begin to look at these things and you, and you begin to break these things down. I'm convinced more than ever because of the importance of only believing, doubting nothing, that it's the doubt that Satan is trying to produce. He knows that all he has to do is get you to doubt, to trick you into doubting, to, to you know, put thoughts in your head if, if he can, to allow those thoughts to continue in your mind till they uh, gain some foothold, stronghold in your heart. And that if he can get you to doubt, and, and, and I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but let me, let me do that here for a moment. You're, I know some of you weren't here for this, and I'll mention it briefly. Um, these sermons are all recorded. They're on the internet, free of charge. But do you remember, we, we spent several weeks in a row talking about specific faith. Does anybody remember that? We were talking about that faith is not general, but faith is specific. And, and, we, and we talked about this woman with the issue of blood that said within herself uh, over and over again, said within herself continually, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. If I but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. To the, to the point that she couldn't see it any other way. And, but we also said, and this was something that when we talked about that, that I had never really noticed about that story before. And, and, and it was... That the Bible says the crowds were thronging Jesus because they believed that if they could somehow touch him, they too would be made would be healed. But there's a difference between someone who is thronging and someone who is touching. And and again, I'm not trying to re- that was four or five sermons. I'm not trying to re-preach all of those, but I'm, I'm trying to show you the other side of that coin. Just as specific faith is important. Satan knows that when it comes to doubt, that it's not just general doubt, but that he's trying to produce specific doubt in you. He's trying to counteract specific faith with a specific doubt. So we're not just talking about, let me go back to, I got a little bit ahead of myself, but let me just go back to it while we're here and then we won't have to cover this piece again. When a lot of people touched Jesus that day who believed Jesus could heal. Are you hearing me? A lot of people tried to get a hold of him who believed that he had healed other people. And, and this is where I think a lot of people in the body of Christ are today. They believe that he can do these things. They believe that he has done those things. They believe that he you know, likes to do, that it's his will to do. In other words, you can... All of those things are important things for us to understand and believe. 
But remember what Jesus taught us about faith. He didn't, he didn't teach us something broad and, and general about faith. He taught us something very specific about faith. He said faith involves believing you have already received something you do not yet see or feel. That's specific, right? It's not, yeah, Jesus has healed other people, so maybe he'll heal me. You know, I mean, he did it for other people. See, we even hear people say that, what he's done for others, he'll do for you, right? Well, I mean, sing it, and yes. But believing he will do it for you because he has done it for other people is still not the same as believing you have already received it even though you don't yet see it or feel it. Okay? So the enemy of your soul is not just trying to get you. I mean, don't get me wrong. He would just assume you believe that God hates you, which is a lie. He would just assume believe you believe and think that God's mad at you and is the one making you sick. I'm not saying he's not behind those kinds of things. He is. But I'm talking about specifically when you grab hold of something in God's word, you believe something in God's word to, to receive it and experience it in your own life, in your own body, in your own family, in your own bank account, in, in your own driveway. Are, are, you, are you understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about that kind of where the rubber meets the road, using faith as a tool, as an instrument to receive the things of God into your life reality. The inner me knows that if you never believe you've already received it before you ever see it or feel it, you're not ever going to receive it anyway. But then when you get to that point, what is he ultimately trying to get you to do? He's trying to get you not to generally doubt, but he wants to, to attack you specifically in the area of believing you've already received something you don't yet see or feel. All right, so, so let's, that was kind of the end of my sermon. Let me come back to the beginning of it, all right? The question before us tonight, is it possible? Can you? I'm not asking you if Jay Aris can do it. I'm asking if you can do it. Is it possible for you? Is it possible for me? Is it possible for a child of God to only believe doubting nothing? Well, clearly it is because we see that this is the standard that the Scriptures present to us. Clearly, James and Mark 11 and, you know, I mean, all these verses, we could have read more and more and more. But clearly what they're saying is that in order to receive from God, you have to believe with no doubting. In order to move mountains, you have to believe with no doubting. And if you... Um, believe and doubt, you're a double-minded man, and, and you're not going to receive. And because the devil doesn't want you to receive, he knows that if he can get you to doubt, convince the jury of your heart to doubt, he's going to prevent you from receiving. Let me, let me go back to something that we, we've said, and I'm not, I, I still, and maybe I'm, trying to preach something before it's time to preach it, but it just has so impacted me personally. Doubt does not come without assistance. Your born-again nature is to believe. Your born-again spirit believes everything God has ever said. It believes everything God has ever done. Your born-again spirit has already received 
everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's already yours in an account with your name on it in heaven. And your born-again spirit, it, it has it again, it's the default position. We've said this so many different ways. And so when we talk about a child of God doubting, a child of God questioning, I'm not saying that you can't, you know, See, this is where I always get stuck right here. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get stuck because I can say it, I can say it in, in the Spirit. Amen. I think sometimes we are ignorant of the fact that the devil is the one assisting you in your doubting. He's, he's the prosecutor when your faith is on trial. And he's trying to get the jury of your heart to doubt. And one of his favorite things ever to do is put a thought in your head and convince you that you came up with it yourself. But doubts don't come without, a, without assistance. So when Jesus says, only believe with, with doubting nothing, this isn't some rare, you know, like... You know, you, you won the, the faith lottery or something and you, like, in some split second of a moment, you, like, fell into this position that, you know, the stars were aligned and all of a sudden you believed and doubted nothing and a shaft of light comes out of heaven. And, you know, no, no, it, this, is, this is something that we can all do. I'm, I'm trying to expose the enemy here. I think that, that we have lost so many faith trials because of doubting that, that we just accept it as something that we have to do. We just accept it as something that, that is part of the human condition and we'll just always be doubters and maybe one day we get to heaven we won't doubt anymore and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. See, that is... That is the Satan moving the bar. That is that is that is the enemy um, dumbing down the body of Christ when it comes to this subject of faith. I, I, I want you to start looking at yourself in the mirror and say, "I believe, doubting nothing. I believe the word of God, and I do not doubt it." I believe what God says about me, and I do not doubt it. Because what are we doing? See, very subtly, over, over time, the enemy has conditioned our minds to doubt. So much so that, I, I, again, I, I hope this is landing on your heart the way it landed on mine when he began to speak to me about these things. So much so that a, a huge portion of the body of Christ, a huge, I'm going to say majority of God's people on planet earth today don't even think it's possible to believe with no, with no doubting. <laughs> We're doubting that we can believe. Do you, do, you see, do you see the trick that he's trying to pull on us? Man, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. 
I believe that he created the universe. I believe that he created the heavens and the earth. I believe that he created the stars. I I believe that the worlds were framed by the word of God. I believe that he knew me before I was ever formed in my mother's womb. I believe that he gave me purpose and grace in Christ Jesus before time began. I believe that he loved me and desired me and that's why he created me. I believe that he wants me and I believe that he has a purpose for me and I believe that he called me from my mother's womb. I believe that he loved me enough to die for me. I believe that when it came to him living for eternity without me that he would rather die for me than, than, than to live without me and he died for me and he gave me himself and he gave me his love and he gave me a covenant and he gave me his name and he made me a new creation I believe it I believe that he healed me I believe that he made me rich I believe that he made me righteous I believe that he made me where I cannot fail I believe it I believe it. Are you seeing what I'm... Are you, right? Man, the devil just... The devil just walk up in your grill and he don't even have to say anything for some people to start doubting. He, don't, he just show you something. He just, he just run some picture from your past through your mind. Take you three days to get over it. That ain't who you are. It's not who you are. Who do you believe you are? No doubting. So, I'm a believer, and I don't doubt. I don't. I don't doubt it. And I, I know. Listen. This. Wait till, wait till everybody goes to work or something. I'm just saying. Try it. I mean, I mean you, you, whatever just got on me will get on you. Amen. No doubting. No doubting. Amen. My future does not depend upon who leads the government of this nation. My prosperity does not depend upon who occupies 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Amen. I believe that. I believe that. Are you hearing me? I got a lot of friends in the petroleum business and steel business and uh, coal miners and and, all these other things. You know, but if, 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 you know, the government wants to shut all that down again, well, they'll be all right. God will, amen. We got to believe God, right? Trucking business, talked to a friend of mine in the trucking industry, and he's like, man, you know, I don't know what's going to happen to all this, you know. But he, again, he knows who his source is, and it's not the companies that he works for. Only believe, doubting nothing. So when we say ready for trial, since the tactics of our enemy are all focused on convincing the jury of your heart to doubt, 
his attacks are going to all involve efforts to get you to doubt. So knowing that, right? In other words, listen, I don't, I'm not trying to offend anybody by this, but it's one of my, it's one of my favorite quotes from Mike Tyson. You remember Mike Tyson, he's a heavyweight boxer, and as a young man, just waded through them all. I mean, we, we, would, um, we would all gather at Dad's house to watch one of Mike Tyson's fights, and sometimes they lasted about 40 seconds. $40, dollar a second, right? And this was what Mike Tyson said. He said, every man that's ever fought me had a plan to beat me until I hit him in the mouth. Right? I watched a lot of folks come dancing in that ring thinking they were going to beat him only to see him carry him out of that ring. Every man that ever fought me had a plan to beat me until I hit him in the mouth. All of a sudden they get hit in the mouth, they're like, hello. Right? You realize that's basically Satan's approach? Every person that's ever believed God had a, had a plan to overcome the devil until the devil pushed back. <laughs> oh, so you believe you've already received? Well, what, what about this and what about that? And what are you going to do about this? And your foot's still hurting and the bill's not paid yet and they're coming in two weeks to turn that off. And it, right? And so all of these things, right, he, he's, he's coming against because he's trying to get the doubt in the heart. It seems like by now, and I'm, I'm, listen, I'm talking to myself, listen, it, 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 it seems like by now it would have been this plain to me, but that's, <laughs> if I know what he's going to do, if I know what my adversary is going to do anytime I step out on faith, it shouldn't surprise me, it shouldn't surprise me. How many times have you believed God for something and, and you prayed, you agreed, maybe got me or somebody else to pray with you or whatever. And, you know, 20 minutes later, it actually, the situation looked worse. <laughs> it's like, pray and believe God and, and um, you know, you, you, you're praying about one thing and that thing gets worse and something else tears up. I'm not saying we should accept that, but that shouldn't surprise us. This is, this is the enemy. This is how he works. Amen. Stand with me tonight. Praise God. I keep getting to this point, but maybe next week. All right. <clears throat> I said this last week at the end. I'll say it this week again at the end. Doubt will always enter your heart through your mind. Because we've got, according to Jesus and the Word of God, we've got to keep the doubt out of our hearts. If you're trying to keep something out, you need to understand how it could potentially get in. Right? You need to understand how it can potentially get in. Eating too much pizza will not 
cause doubt to get in your heart. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't come that way. If you understand what the heart is, the heart is the combination of your born-again spirit and your soul. And the only way doubt can get in your heart is if it comes through your mind. There's no other way. Which means if you can prevent doubt from entering your heart through your mind, you can prevent doubt from coming into your heart altogether. That helps me. I, I know, you know, when, when we stormed the beaches of Normandy, I don't know if you've ever seen any of these documentaries. We had, um, so smart, man, I thank God. I think, I think Father gave people these ideas. But they had um, uh, rubber tanks built that were inflatable. Cost too much money to use decoys. So the decoy tanks were made out of rubber, inflatable. And we staged them in France at a completely different location. And it, and, and it gave the Germans the idea when they would fly over that we were building up all the resources at that place because we were going to try to invade France, you know, come across the, the, the channel and invade France, you know, and set, liberate it there. I mean, did I say that right? Anyway, come across from England to France, I'm sorry. And because so, the idea is, you know, we wanted to try to trick the enemy into thinking that we were coming in another way and, instead of the way that we were coming. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So you, you don't have to be tricked. Listen to me. If, he's, if doubt's going to get in, it's going to get in through the mind. Amen. All right, Father, you're good to us and we love you tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you're teaching us and you're showing us. Lord, we, we're believers. I believe and I do not doubt. I believe and I do not doubt. Lord, it just feels good to say it, and I'm going to keep saying it. I believe doubting nothing. I believe, Father, that, that these, your people, are blessed, and I do not doubt it. I believe, Father, that you are providing for us, and I do not doubt it. I believe, Father, that you are directing our steps and our paths, and I do not doubt it, Father, because your word says it. And so, Lord, I thank you tonight. Whatever it is that, that we may be believing for in our lives, our families, our, our communities, our nation, Father, Lord, that we, we, we're going to hold on to those truths. We're going we're gonna to hold on to our faith confession. And, and the enemy may push back, but we're not going to move. And we're not going to doubt. And we will possess what we believe we've already received. We declare it so in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Tell somebody around you good things coming. Thank you so much for being here tonight. You're loved if you haven't been told that today. Amen. Good things, good things, good things.